Good afternoon, everyone. This is Joe Whitcomb with another episode of Reboot Your Relationship. It's good to have everybody here again. And we're going to be talking a little bit today uh, about one of those things that I focus a lot of my time on in working with trauma-informed relationship psychotherapy and also just the uh, strategies that people use in relationships. And we're going to be talking about DARVO today, understanding uh, the gaslighting strategy of uh, kind of the reversing blame. Um, You're the problem for pointing out the problem, sort of, so to speak. So, and I'm going to be having um, a very special guest on uh, one of my own um, people I've worked with. uh, And this is one of my specialties, working with trauma, PTSD, with military veterans, first responders, Um, And she will be joining me this weekend. Um, But she had uh, sent me an email the other day I wanted to share with everybody because this is going to be a super important topic that we deal with because you see this strategy um, used pretty much everywhere and people get away with it. And it's something that we all have to understand. Uh, It is a crazy maker. It is one of those things that will drive you crazy because it is a crazy making strategy. And you see it in politics, we're not gonna name names, but we, we see it in other ways where there's um, uh, kind of this deny, attack, reverse, victim, offender type of, uh, we call that DARVO, where the, the person that is doing the gaslighting strategy uses the effort of denying, denying reality. So the crazy making thing about denying reality is that you can't actually do the reality testing. You can't do the perspective checking. And they deny and you're the problem again for pointing out the problem. Then they reverse and attack you. And then they reverse it and then make themselves the the victim. And now you're the offender. You can go back to my other podcasts where this is also played out in the drama triangle. But we're going to get into this today. But I first wanted to get into some of the things here that uh, this first, this text that uh, my client had sent to me uh, because she's going to be joining me just to talk about these um, uh, things that can be really painful and very hurtful. And, and yes, again, just kind of makes you feel like you're the crazy one over time. So this is what she said. So Joe, thanks so much for your, uh, the work you're doing. This is a phenomenal job. These are really good. I hope people are listening to these podcasts and I am definitely sharing it with all my friends. And she goes on to say, um, thank you for, uh, not glossing over this because everyone else and everywhere else, everywhere else, uh, and, or hardly anyone here addresses it. So please cover the trauma betrayal causes, um, she's asked me to do the psychological, emotional, and physical trauma and abuse and trauma that happens during betrayal in affairs and gaslighting and darvel behavior, which we'll go into a great extent today to talk about. And we're going to bring her in about her experience and her journey through that and really um, helping her husband be able to um, get into these uh, another path of practice here because I will also bring the emotional part of it between two things. It's the, we're gonna go with shame being at the bottom of this dynamic 
and grandiose grandiosity. It's that inferior inferiority and superiority, that one up, one down, the perpetrator victim, the rescuer victim, the all these types of strategies that we continue using. So she goes on, she says, um, and she's talking about her, uh, she and her husband here, and she's saying, we are doing really well, but my trauma throws me right back into a moment or a feeling or a place with even just a noise, a smell, or seeing something. And we're gonna, I'm gonna talk a little bit more about this uh, later with her, but this is where we get into that double bind of affect emotional contagion. What does that mean? It's like a little bit of a codependency. It's that stance, stance, stance that you get into in when you're in that vortex. And that affect emotional contagion is you're taking on the trauma. So there's a primary person with PTSD and all their stuff that's going on, the trauma, as well as the secondary person who has now taking on the same exact symptoms. And she's gonna explain that to you and it's something that we have to talk about because that becomes the trauma bond or the trauma loop that these couples can get into. It's because this is where I always say we're, you know, we're broken three ways. We're broken uh, within uh, my, my me uh, and the other person, but then we're also broken in that space between. And that space between, that within part or between part is the part that where trauma has because there's an attachment injury here. If you go back to my other one talking about attachment injuries, and that's where there has been a betrayal a significant material of trust in the bond and the attachment where it shapes and changes everything in the dynamic. So, and here she talks about too, how these traumas come up and how they keep reenacting themselves. Because here she's talking about um, just hearing a phrase or a facial expression my husband makes, the fear and terror is overwhelming at points. Having the person you trust and love the most hurt you uh, that you weigh in the, in the hugest mind, uh, we'll just say F word, in the world. Now this is a PG, PG podcast, so we've got to keep it family oriented. So your enemy and battlefield are not defined or clear, and it's the last person you ever thought it would be. It's almost impossible to release it. Even when you do, those triggers are so powerful, it's paralyzing and visceral. His touch, voice, anything is like knives and danger. You can't breathe, think it's freezing, and your heart hurts so bad in your chest. It shoots pain so deep and raw, you think your entire body might seize. I hurt for days after I'm triggered. The nightmares are constant and waking up all night trying to keep... Uh, the dream emotions in check from my reality emotions is mentally exhausting. Of course, all this prior trauma in life piles on and it's like a massive storm, but all the pain and, and stuff in my life and nothing compares to this. So as you can see, she is taking on the actual symptoms of the primary uh, PTSD um, you know, uh, a survivor, right? So she's taking that on and she's saying, you know, woman could really use uh, you as a therapist around here who understands the horrific trauma they feel after this because you and I both know most of these guys in the military and Marines with PTSD 
and the emotional abuse was long felt. The power and control abuse was long felt. And the little random, I didn't mean to hit you that hard, grab you that hard, throw you down like that hard, you name it, over the years, getting so twisted in our brains, we don't even know what is acceptable anymore. We make so many concessions and love through so much loneliness and pain, we can't remember what it was like to feel complete love. And by the time something like this happens, you hate yourself as much as them for a long time. And here we're talking about the attachment injuries and the betrayal. And it's not just the other betrayal, but it's the self-betrayal that is sometimes most injurious because, you know, we can escape those. But when we allow certain things in our life, and this is going to be the thing that we are going to be talking about, is how do we get beyond this where there's... Um, he, you can get beyond the defenses and abusive behavior. Um, and she was saying that just empathy and love and sheer utter remorse and feeling uh, my pain of the last 16 years, um, he began to identify and understand the impact of those two places that he would bounce into in and out of the shame and the grandiosity. And I'm going to talk about that one up, one down. And then on the boundary side of things, what we're going to talk about too, one side is the love avoidance, um, kind of like a turtle pulling out, pulling away, distancing, avoiding the shame, avoiding the pain, avoiding the conversation, uh, stonewalling, that kind of raging turtle that never comes out. And then on the other side of that boundary is this um, boundarylessness, right, where there's just a lashing out and unstoppable frenzy. So you got the immovable object on one side and this, you know, uh, uh, unstoppable force on the other side, right? And these two vacillate back and forth in the um, the trauma. So it's a come close, get away. It's like these high tides and low tides and uh, rip tides, uh, all these undercurrents going on within and between partners. But and here's where it gets really challenging. And we'll talk about this again this weekend. We're going to be doing 30 days of this. So stay tuned. There's going to be something new every day we're going to be talking about. And so that we can begin to have the safe conversations, the authentic relationship conversations, so we can move beyond the, uh, the pain and get into a refuge of recovery, restoration, repair, and reconciliation. That there is hope as is in this couple here and the couples I've been working with for the last, um, say, 30 years. But dealing with this betrayal and dealing with the issues that come up can be very challenging. So again, we're going to do this deep dive today into DARVO. DARVO, understanding the gaslighting strategy of reverse blaming. And that is super painful. And if any of you have been in that situation, you see it in, I see it in court all the time. I see it, uh, I see it when I talked in couples therapy, because most of us don't really go into the relationship thinking about, you know, we didn't go, oh, I can't wait, you know, in a couple of years, you know, we're not thinking gaslighting or about emotional abuse strategies. Um, we're not even thinking about having to have certain boundaries because it was a safe place. 
in the relationship in the beginning. And we didn't know, we don't know what it is until it's right in front of us. And maybe you've had this manipulation. I know I have in my own relationships and my even my most recent relationships where, you know, it is the turn and burn you um, because when you point out something and they put it back on you, again, you're the problem for pointing out the problem and the way to get rid of the problem is just to, you know, make you, to attack you and reverse it and go to victim and you're the offender, that that whole struggle, okay? So this is what happens though when you're dealing with this with partners and they get into this stance, stance, stance. And so there's no exception to this and you see this and we see this all the time. And I see this a lot with people that are do struggle with or have been wounded uh, with either aversive childhood experiences where they were put down and inferior and um, belittled and made, you know, less than or, or dominated or they couldn't have the, they couldn't speak for the truth and they had to learn to exchange their authentic true self in exchange for a relationship. But there's so much, but we, but then we learn all these uh, behaviors, these um, certain strategies, right? So the wounded adaptive child, again, learns these, these strategies of passive aggression and black and white, all or nothing, relentless, you know, blaming, but they learn to survive in that setting. So, and they frequently, and so what we do, and I know I do this all the time, I run into people, fall in love with people who are super charming, loving, maybe even doting at first, right? Yet, here we go, here we go. All too often, what starts with life and love and relationships where it presents this sense of valuing and idealizing begins to devolve and eventually begins to uh, devalue, reject. And then over time in this relationship, you begin to feel that relationship racked with the sense of hopelessness and despair. And that goes back down to the victim. So how do these relationships get there? How do we get there? How did this couple get there? How do any of us get there? I've been in these relationships and eventually, you know, I'm usually pretty good at reading people and can tell when I'm dealing with someone who is passive aggressive and or uh, turns this, you know, into you're the problem and putting down. <clears throat> when you set, a, you have maybe a legitimate question and you're saying, hey, I wanted to find out about X, Y, and Z. And then you get something else totally unexpected that shuts you down. So how does a partner end up feeling like the source of all the problems in a relationship to the point where we are walking on eggshells perpetually around our partner or afraid to you know, speak up or be fully self-expressed and about wants and needs. And then they take your want and need that's legitimate um, and basically says, you're just being a little taller, you know, you're too needy, you're too this, you're too that. And it's a legitimate need. It's a legitimate question coming from a good heart space. And then all of a sudden you're bewildered and surprised and all this crazy making goes on and you're thinking, what did I just do wrong? What happened? 
what's going on? So how does that vicious cycle start out as the perpetrator and ups and end up so quickly playing the role of the victim? So how is that? It's kind of like the perpetrator, the one that is perpetrating against you or the villain here ends up playing the role of the victim. So here we go. We're going to talk about this one pattern we often see in these types of relationships is DARVO. And that was a term uh, that Jennifer Freud uh, came up with in 1997. And they first began using this term to address this power dynamics in relationships where betrayal trauma is present. That betrayal trauma, which leads into a kind of this double bind affect emotional contagion a, a trauma a trauma bond and a trauma loop and so the acronym darvo um, is used to describe this pattern of emotional abuse sometimes and they, in other words and this is part of a strategy of the um, gaslighting if we'll talk some more about that over the weekend when we're dealing with some of these issues that are presented in relationships and but in situations here that we're going to be talking about one member of the relationship wants to let's say obfuscate uh, abuse i can't use <laughs> twist the reality of the other to preserve an active you know role and whether it's addiction or their trauma and that take, begins to take control precedence so we see this DARVO showing up in relationships. And as you can imagine, when you know, you're dealing with trauma or addiction and it takes control precedence, the addict wants to keep their secret at all cost, right? It's, I'm gonna have to keep, it's that self, that self-preservation at all costs to keep it hidden, quiet. Again, we're, here's where we're getting get into the shame uh, tomorrow and this other stuff about shame because shame is about hiding it's one of the most corrosive emotions because it makes us believe that we can't change and there's something wrong with and defective with me and so kind of like a house of cards we're kind of protecting that house and nobody can come po poking at it and once they do start poking at it the anger and rage that comes out with that. And so here's where, you know, that your person may not even know they're using this strategy. It's such a, you know, um, it's like, it's just kind of that they've learned this strategy, but it's also a way to keep, you know, you, the partner in the dark about the real you know, reality of the behavior, either the, you know, the addict or the abuser is truly engaged in or what they're, what's going on and all these secrets that are being held back. And again, that goes back to that love avoidance, believing I can't be loved or seen as shame, right? So Darvel is a way that, let's say, we'll go with an addict, will gaslight his or her partner and I've been on the other side of that, where shifting blame from self to the other. And I know we all do it. I, I catch myself doing it sometimes too when I get defensive. And then I have to stop, think, observe, process, and get back to the truth. 
right? As painful as that can be, but this is something that we have to talk about because, but before we look further into um, this concept of DARVO, okay, let me briefly explain what gaslighting is, okay? Gaslighting is a strategy where a person attacks the other person. Before we look any further into this concept though, let's get into the, because here's what happens with that particular thing, is when that person attacks the, it's say the intuition or the truth of another or the perception or the uh, experience, this is what's making the person feel crazy. So if you're feeling crazy, you're seeing something and they're denying that reality and you're not allowed to do the reality testing or perspective checking, which is something I teach couples how to do, by the way, when they come in, how to be vulnerable and transparent and open, honest, radically honest about everything so that there's no hidden, nothing hidden, no strategies. So, but this is a strategy and sometimes it's conscious and they're aware that they're doing it and sometimes it's unconscious where the offending partner party takes the focus from him or herself and places the focus on the other person. Kind of like the smoke and mirrors, right? They're just kind of turning it back on you, turning tables, making you the problem and, and you know, for pointing out the problem. And the solution to this problem is now you're, you're the perpetrator rather than in making you and them the victim. Again, that one up, one down. So, so here, Darwin is just one way that the offending party gaslights their partner. So, but let's break down the pattern because this pattern, you have to understand how this is uh, being enacted in your relationship because I wanna tell you people out there that are experiencing this is you gotta be able to do the reality testing and perspective checking this is crazy, crazy making. Um, uh, it'll spin your brain and twist your brain and you think that you're absolutely crazy at, over time. And if you don't reckon, and I've, I've, I've been doing this for so long, I see it immediately in people and even within myself. So there is a way to you know, really break through some of these upper limit barriers. And, but we want to break this pattern down. And, but we all do it in some ways, you know, it's all in the spectrum between, um, you know, being pathological and, you know, uh, uh, narcissists, uh, you know, all those types of things, labels I'm not really fond of using, but there are, there are real dangers, dangerous people out there, danger, danger, danger. There are, and this is a strategy, and this is something we have to really recognize because you're not the crazy one. You're not the crazy one, okay? What's crazy is you're, you're staying in it too long, and a lot of us, because we're, we love people, and you typically will see this one-up, one-down type of dynamic, and it becomes this... Uh, pattern, this fixed way of being. So typically this relationship dynamic starts with, let's say the partner finding something, intuiting something or suspecting something in the other partner, anything, right? 
and the partner shares their suspicions with, you know, let's say an addict or uh, a cheater or, you know, someone that might be hiding something. And again, these suspicions could be, there could be direct evidence like pictures or text messages or online profiles or intuitions or feeling like something's off or confused by the, you know, addicts or cheaters or the, the person who's experiencing trauma, their irritability or erratic behavior or stories that are not lining up. And, they're in, and it's as if you're coming up to their house of cards and that is so fragile and you start poking at it, it's like they're afraid that their house of cards is going to collapse and they're defending it. But either way here, the partner brings this up with, let's say, the addict, or the, we'll use addict, only to be met with, with a denial, like, you're just imagining things. You ever get that one? You're just imagining things. You're crazy. What are you talking about? You know, that, you know, that you're just projecting from your past. Now, again, there could be a possibility that we do some of that. I've seen that before. Because it's going to be important in couple therapy and the work that I do is that you learn two things. One, the person that's an addict has to learn to be courageous, brutally open, honest, transparent about everything. And the other part partner learn to suspend judgment, but do the reality testing, perspective checking, you know, not jumping to certain conclusions. If you, especially if you have a history of this type of uh, parenting growing up where you have that, um, you know, with a, a parent or another parent or a, a previous relationship that this has been in. Um, I've been with people and worked with people in relationships that have had horrific you know, uh, gaslighting and ghosting and you know, using the Darvo strategy here, there's, that's their signature move to put it back on you. And I'll tell you, you know, it, it's painful because you can start projecting that onto everyone else who may simply just, you know, not feel comfortable in that moment. But you're looking at this as a pattern. Is this a pattern? Is this something that every time you bring something up that, they, you know, they kind of, again, attacking you. Um, but that's where we get to the next phase of this dynamic here by saying something like, they'll say something like, I can't believe you even think that. Or what were you doing snooping around in my phone for? Or my internet? Now, in my, my, my best practice with couples in the couple bubble is we don't have anything to hide. There's nothing to hide. Everything's transparent. You're in a marriage, you know, and having that secure base is super important. Now, again, if you're, let's say, if you do have a history, though, of abuse and mistrust, you know, um, you got to check yourself, too, right? Because that's also uh, can, can be intrusive, but it is necessary, though, that you are absolutely able to... Um, find that transparency and vulnerability to be open to anything, you know, in the relationship, because that's intimacy. Intimacy is two powerful people joining in the truth. 
with love and acceptance, right? But if intimacy is being um, hijacked in some way because you're not willing to join in the truth and you're hiding something, then you got a real problem, guys. This is really in a, in a pattern. And and this is a pattern. And there is a distinction between, I always say there's a distinction between problems and patterns. And this is how you might feel about it because you know you're in a Darvo stance when, let's say, a, if you have a problem, the problem will typically get resolved and you get to a solution. Because we all have our bad days and you have, you know, you can be defensive and irritable. But if that offend, you know, the the person that's feeling offended and turns back on you and, and they're willing to resolve and restore or repair and kind of say, hey, you know, here, let's talk about this. Then, you know, you're, you're just running a problem, not a pattern where the pattern is a fixed way of being and it becomes not just their way, but a way or the way that you are now relating. And it becomes this fixed way of being. It's this trauma loop, this trauma bond, this, this rigid impasse because you're never going to be seen. You're never going to have any type of resolution or repair. So, okay, so now this kind of leads us to the A in the Darvo dynamic, which is the attack. Right. So after the denial, the denial, the addict will make an attack or whoever. This should be super subtle. OK. And they may say it like, I'm not sure what you're talking about. I love you so much. I couldn't ever imagine doing that or not so subtle. What's wrong with you? You've got some serious trust issues. Take a look at yourself for once. Now, either way, the blame gets shifted back to the partner. Right. This is the counterattacking. This is the attack. And this is where it's really hard and it shuts you down. Right. Again, you know, communication between couples is a dynamic process of discovery. And this type of attack will shut down discovery and intimacy and love and put people on notice. Right. And that's important to recognize and i've i've been in these situations where it gets into such a rigid impasse that there is no movement behind and they will take a stand on that and live by that sword die by that sword and it it all goes back to that shame and the grandiosity and they attack going that superiority and then you're feeling inferior. Okay, so now we move into the R in the Darvo dynamic, which is reverse. So here's what we see. Here is the addict or the, the perpetrator is now starting to shift the attention from themselves onto the partner. So what may have come as a simple question from you, they begin to turn it into an onslaught form of the addict okay so the original question or suspicion becomes clouded and the addict moves into the victim role i had a personal experience with this a couple months ago with a business partner um and i do what i do and he was doing the business part and building the building the websites and he spent 10 months on that 
and I was giving him a lot of freedom to innovate and create all sorts of fun stuff. And I started noticing, I would say, hey, you know, tell me what, how's things going, you know, and can you show me some things? And then he'd get really angry and upset. And he would say, you don't trust me. You're devaluing my work. And I'm going, no, I'm just asking you a, a very legitimate question about what's going on. And then after a while, I get that after three times, I started to do a little different approach to try to soften it. And I said, hey, you know, how are things going? Can you show me some of the designs? And so we're now 10 months into this project. And I still haven't seen anything. And $25,000 into it, right? So we're getting into this thing. And so I'm trusting him to do all this work, $25,000 into this project. And I said, hey, can you show me some of the work, right? Can you show me what's happening? And also, because it's year end here, um, I need to, uh, can you send me the receipts and so I can do the taxes on the business expense side. Can you forward those to myself as well? And immediately the attack, you know, the denial, the attack, the reverse, and going off and putting me into that, trying to put me now into that, you know, victim role. So the original question or suspicion now has become super clouded and then they move into the victim role. Oh, you don't trust me. You don't believe in me. You don't this, you don't do that. So throwing up that wall and the barrier and getting angry and vicious. And I'm saying, listen, it's a question. And this seems to be a pattern. Now I really need to see what you're working on. And I really need to see, and this is me being Joe trustworthy, trusting people, you know, um, great talk. He talked to you know, he's talking some great concepts and he showed me a couple things and then it came down and he showed me a website that he'd been working on and it was something I could have done in two hours. I was like, my friend, and here's where I use the boundaries. I'm sorry, but I have to fire you. And that was hard. I mean, it was really hard because, I mean, I generally liked the guy until this became a perpetual pattern, a perpetual problem in our relationship. Okay, so here's where that went to. So now it goes into this person shifts focus from themselves onto their partner. And now, uh, and then they become the victim. And this is the V in this dynamic. So again, kind of going back to that. So uh, they may express this posture in a number of ways. He may, she may say, come across as hurt and wounded. And then the enlisting the partner as a supportive rescuer. And this is that, you know, be my rescuer. And now, now the uh, perpetrator, the attacker, now they're going down to the victim. And they would draw retreat from the partner out of offense, the spirit of offense, from the question, the suspicion, or the accusation, and then become angry, hostile, and aggressive in their attack against their partner. And I see this all the time. And they'll go to great lengths to throw that person on the bus. They'll call friends and wives and you know people, and um, and then just to create more of this chaos, so they don't have to face and deal with 
that. So the addict expresses this victim role. And then the partners now shifts from being the confused, hurt, angry party, right? And it's a vicious cycle to now trying to be the supporter or the perpetrator in the dynamic where you take either one of those two roles, right? Those two one up now, either your rescuer or supporter, or now you're the perpetrator. Now you're the bad guy, right? You're the bad guy, I'm the victim, okay? And now this is where it goes to the final strategy and where the now the partner, you, have become the offender, now the O in Darvo. So now the party and his partner now here is the bad guy and has to justify himself, herself, and their behaviors and apologize for what they've said and thought or did or, and then console the addict or this, this person because of a perceived insult or brace for an attack, right? So it's either the coddling and so you get in this very sticky, crazy-making cycle over and over and over again. Right? So as you can see, this dynamic is devastating in relationships. It's a gaslighting strategy that shifts focus from, let's say, the addict's behaviors to those of the partner. It may start off very subtle in relationships. Okay, it starts out slow, but then it can ultimately begin to escalate into very destructive power struggles and dynamics in the relationship and struggling with the impact of all this trauma and the trauma of this vortex that you get caught up in. And then the next thing you know, you know, you're, and if you're not someone that can set healthy boundaries, you get sucked into that vortex unconsciously. So this podcast today is to help you understand that if you're with someone that's using these strategies, we're going to talk about, we're going to be talking about this with Krista this weekend, about the boundaries as well. And how do we begin to move into a creating healthy boundaries, which is going to be <laughs> very challenging for a lot of us. And I have done it and it has, and I've done it in very uh, healthy ways. I've done it in really unhealthy ways. Uh, I try to do it in healthy, healthy ways where it's not about punishment, but about creating sense of safety and security and actually creating a path and a practice or back to some sort of resolution, repair, reconciliation. And I think that's the healthiest way. Um, but there's got to be the repair, right? And the resolution and the commitment to stop the behavior but if that continues then you're kind of stuck so so here's what we found i found that gaslighting is often usually not a conscious strategy on the addict's part or the cheater's part here they are concerned with preserving their relationship with their addictions or trauma which takes control precedence meaning it takes over everything at all costs. It's that self-preservation of the addiction, of the trauma at all costs, or whatever, the cheating, whatever it is that they're trying to preserve. And therefore, they're threatened by their partners coming near the truth. So as they come up 
near the truth and you start poking holes in that house of cards and it's about to collapse. Yeah, so with that said, whether this dynamic is intentional or simply reactive, the impact on the partner and on the relationship, that space between is extremely painful. And it's extremely, almost like there's no way to get beyond it. And we're gonna talk about how to work through and disarm the Darko strategy in later episodes here so you know how to navigate through that and recognizing the pattern in your own relationship. And so I just want you to know the truth is the first step towards healing. Okay, the truth is the first step towards healing. So joining in the truth, making sure you find that safe, supportive tribe group, you know, that can help you understand betrayal trauma and the impact of this very emotional psychological abuse on you and your relationship. And I've been in those relationships and I've been out of those relationships. I've been in and out of those relationships a lot because it is it does seem to be the very this, the one thing that I keep running into that is extremely uh, harmful, right? Because it doesn't just hurt, it harms. It doesn't just cause pain, it causes suffering for you and everyone else around you. And I believe in taking 100% responsibility for, uh, for 50% of my part of the relationship, where that's responsibility for my behavior is to build openness, honesty, and empathy with your partner. And we gotta recognize that learning about these ways that we perpetrate pain, it becomes pervasive and, and uh, personal, and, and it just continues to perpetuate through all of our relationships and on our partners, and, it, and again, it can bring up that pain and shame. And we're gonna talk about that, uh, the shame part of that tomorrow, but this is really important that you get some guides on the sides because you can't get through this on your own, I promise you. It is impossible for you to break this pattern. It's so highly, such a highly sophisticated pattern of thought, habit of action, and way of being that it's really important that you get help in a safe, supported guide from me and or someone else. And recognizing the problem here is the first step towards healing. So I want to commend you for taking the, that first step here by listening to this podcast and calling me at 310-560-0726. 3105600726 so we can break this strategy down and break through these patterns and get back to a loving safe uh having these safe conversations and by the way um if you are in the San Diego area here uh Chris and I will be doing um uh and sponsored by her husband on the uh marine base and in San Diego to work with the Marines and the military, first responders, veterans, uh, doing a program I have called Safe Conversations and the Reboot Your Relationship um, seminars for these relationships. But having those safe conversations 
so that we can get out of those vicious those certain patterns and vicious cycles, creating more trust, more openness, more honesty. And for you men out there taking the mask of that invulnerability off and the mask of the um, masculine where we learn that stuff anyways, because again, as children, we learn what we live and we live what we you know, what we've learned. And so some of this we've learned. And, but we have to understand that this Darvo strategy in your relationship, okay, I say this in a real, um, with real uh, humility is something I used to do back in my 20s until I learned about these strategies and how this is so corrosive. Because our deepest psychic craving is that, Again, that somehow our reality and our experiences are seen, validated. And I don't need to know that I'm right. I don't, okay? I don't want, I don't need, I, but I, we do, we all need that sense of validation that our experience meant something. And that's where most emotional, you know, uh, disorders come from is that denial of reality. And you grew up with that. And... It continues to perpetuate and per, uh, pervade every part of your relationships. And we continue to allow it until it becomes this big, ugly blah in your, just this threat in your relationship. And there is no gridlock. There is no, it, it's kind of like the good, the bad, the ugly, right? So the good you had, and then it goes to bad, right? But usually the bad will get to good, but with Darko and these gaslighting strategies and all these signature moves of the Darvo, the Dar, I keep saying Darko, Darvo, excuse me. Darko sounds so dark, but it's Darvo. Darvo is that it's a, another way of, uh, of, of shutting down intimacy. So it never gets from the ugly back to good. There is no resolve. There is no reparation. There is no uh, reconciliation or repair. So it stays in the ugly. So I want to get you guys out of the ugly back to good. Give me a call, 310-560-0726. Or you can email me at joe at rebuildingconnection.com. Darvo, gaslighting, these strategies of reverse blaming are real. You see it all the time. And there is very little hope of getting beyond that without getting into some safety group or some secure uh, therapy and someone that can help you both translate and interpret and get beyond that, uh, that pattern. And because it does become kind of this double bind, you know, trauma bond, trauma loop that keeps you stuck, right? So we want to unstuck you, want to get you beyond, get you learning some new strategies uh, to communicate in a safe, having these safe conversations. And we'll be sending out a lot more information on that later on as we go. All right. Thank you all. And we want to wish you the very best of 2020. God bless.